We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am the fill-in host for tonight, Chad Jensen, with me. As you always know, on Friday nights, Dove Valley Deep Divers co-host and the MHH lead draft analyst. Been with me from day one, Eric Trickle. Brother, how you doing? What's good? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm really tired, but I'm excited. We're going on vacation here in just a couple days. We leave on Sunday and just excited to just get away for a little bit after everything, you know, the last couple months of work that I've been putting in. Just nice to step away. You did. You put in a a grind and I try and uh, explain to people, um, you know, when we would get talking about it on um, my podcast or whatever, that it's not just the writing of the articles. I mean, all the time that goes into studying the prospects, all the time that goes, all the research, right? The big board, the buzz, the people you talk to, the sources, the different people, scouts, uh, school people. It's a lot of, lot of work. So long story short, you did a great job. You deserve a, a, a little vacay. So I hope you enjoy yourself, but pat yourself on the back, dude. You crushed it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, Lance was there. He was able to provide a little bit of help, but it, it, it is a lot of work. And I calculated it like with the average amount of time I spent just watching every prospect. If I just did it straight through, that would have been almost 60 days straight of just watching tape on these prospects that I would have spent. It's a, a considerable commitment and uh, investment. And as you can see, Lance is not with us tonight, guys. He's having some out of the blue, extreme uh, technical difficulties with his internet, act of God type stuff couldn't be helped. Um, and so here I am to fill in short notice, and I'm excited to uh, be doing so. But first things first, Eric, I want to grab this super chat that David McElrath put in, a.k.a. the Papa Bear, before we even went live tonight, which just shows you he's an OG. He's an OG. Much love and respect, David. It's great to see you tonight. He's just saying, uh, what's up to everybody? Lance, Eric, Dylan, Deacon Scott. Scott's not with us tonight. Lance isn't with us tonight. I don't know if we've seen uh, – oh, Dylan's with us, of course. Uh, so great to see you as well. Uh, David, appreciate you, big dog. Buckham times two with a B, YouTube. Buckham with a B. MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. Really appreciate that, uh, Papa Bear. And then real quick here, Eric, Gary Palmer jumped in early too. Love you, GLP. You got to let us know when you get your jersey. Make sure you send in that profile or the, uh, not profile pic, the selfie so we can uh, flex you. We can't wait to see it. Uh, He says, hello, Broncos country. And of course, he's saying, preemptively hello lance eric scott leaving chad and dylan completely out of the equation like i'm just signing off just kidding (laughs) love you glp buck them indeed big dog uh and then i think there was one more and we'll jump into content gyla gyla maples with a very very generous super sticker out of the gates love that dude gyla you have come on strong like a tsunami bomb and we love it dude it's great to have you in the chat tonight um okay Eric, first things first. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got even Jasmine jumping in with a super sticker as uh, as we're getting things cooking. Love that. The ladies of MHH, Eric, never, 
never let us down. Love you, Jasmine. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I mean, we talk about a lot about the range of where people are and locations of it, but the amount of support that we get from women, it's absolutely awesome to see this many female fans just loving the Broncos and everything because it's such a male dominant sport that the female fans like they they're they can be even more passionate than a lot of male fans out there. It's true. Awesome. It's true. Um, Jasmine, we love you. And I just want to give a quick hello to here. Big T Travis Weber. What's up, big dog. Been a minute since I've seen you in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Love you. Great to see you tonight. My brother, one of our longtime Mount Rushmore members of our community, big T Travis Weber. And then Doug Raquel jumping in. Great to have you in the chat. Your kitty cat. Uh, profile pic on Facebook, Doug, for whatever reason, looks just like my cat. Um, and then, of course, Mike Ronquillo, love you, big dog. Stoked to have you. A, a good chunk of the gang is all here. Uh, so with that being said, Eric, the Broncos, I mean, we've known since the draft ended uh, who the Broncos had brought in from the undrafted ranks, mm -hmm. but they did not as a team confirm that until today. The press release went out this morning confirming who was signed and first things first you have an article that published literally right before we were going live here tonight and i suggest everybody read that when you get some time but uh my first question for you out of the gates is of the 15 guys that were signed whose odds do you like the most at cracking this roster um thomas Encum, the edge rusher out of central michigan he's got a high floor and he's got a higher ceiling he comes in and he he can be one of the better run defenders at the edge position the Broncos had than what they have on roster, except for maybe Baron Browning if he can develop a little bit more. Randy Gregory has his flashes and Cooper. He's just he's so he's so technical with his as a run defender. I mean, his pass rush isn't super creative. He doesn't have a whole lot of counters, but he still is able to get the job done. He's the guy, like as soon as I saw them, saw it announced that he was the guy that the, one of the guys they were signing, I was absolutely excited he was a guy that i would have been fine with drafting in the fourth or fifth round and when we did our mile high round table that i think if i remember correctly that was the name i mentioned in that range was the fourth or fifth round so he's the guy that stands out the most and the running back jaleel mclaughlin he's another one that stands out just because there's not a lot of competition for that prototype of running back on this roster for him very interesting um I know uh, Scott got a chance to watch some Incoon at the um, at the at the uh, Senior Bowl this year, and as we know, I mean, shoot, Broncos cut bait with Jacob Martin earlier this week, the veteran rush linebacker that they picked up last football season from the Jets midseason. Um, you get past Eric, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning. If you want to throw Nick Benito in there, fine. But you get past those three guys. I mean, really, you get past Baron Browning who's still in himself very unproven. Yeah. And as far as like uh, resume of any sort, <laughs> NFL resume anyway, there's nothing there. Do you anticipate, I mean, guys like him, guys like uh, Chris Allen, right, from last year, who's going to be competing for the roster to, uh, to push for it? Or do you maybe think that's a position the Broncos could stash a little Evan Mathis money training camp if it's not shaping up quite the way they want go sign a veteran you know a, a bring in a mercenary like dwight freeney back in the day every year a one-year deal with some other team we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible that they go that veteran route just because of how unproven the room is. I mean, even Randy Gregory, to an extent, is still unproven. Even though he's been in the NFL for years, he's never played a full season, and he's barely played more than 10 games in a season. It's just with the injuries and, you know, the suspensions, he's still relatively unproven. And then, like as you're saying, I mean, Baron Browning, we don't know what he is. I mean, last year he started off hot. Then he fell off a cliff once he got hurt. Nick Benito, I mean, jury is way out on him still. And his name has been re- rumored to be floating around the trade market. Jonathan Cooper, I mean, Aaron Patrick, he's a special teamer. Christopher Allen and Thomas Incombe, I think they're definitely in the running to make the roster at the edge room if they don't go out and get an edge or get a veteran. Right. Makes sense. Phil McLaughlin down in Tucson. What's going on, big dog? Great to see you. He's saying good evening, Nice warm-up. He wants to talk a little bit of sketch, which we're totally down for. He says, nice warm-up. Talking preseason here, Eric, with the Cardinals, Niners, and Rams. Should be fun. Buckham, MHH for life. Yeah, I mean, at this point, golly, I'd kill to watch a Sean Payton coach Broncos team play flag football. I'm so, like, Bronco-deprived at this stage. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be a, a nice little uh, – you know, three dress rehearsals, I guess you could say, before things get serious and you got the Raiders to open the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that the trend that's been with the Broncos preseason games, mostly teams from the from the NFC West, and just, you know, not having to do a lot of traveling for preseason games. It's nice, and I think that each of these teams, with where they have their depth, can challenge the Broncos' depth in different areas. So you get a good view on the depth guys the Broncos have that can help provide, you know, better insight into who's going to make the roster and who isn't. Phil, love you, big dog. Love you. Great to see you. Uh, What were some of your insights, Eric? I know you tonight, one of the topics you did want to get to, and we might as well do it now, was the uh, schedule release. If you missed it, in case you missed it, the NFL unveiled the full 2023 regular season schedule yesterday. Uh, we talked about it on the Mile High Huddle podcast last night in real time as it was coming out. What were some of your takeaways, some of the implications? What what do you have to say about it? I mean, it's a it's a balanced schedule. Unlike last year where you looked at the schedule and it was like, okay, those first five, six weeks should have been easy with the project with the expectations the Broncos had, of course. And then you hit a rough spot for like a six, seven week period. This year, you don't have that. You have a pretty simple, at least on paper, schedule for the first five games or the first five weeks. Then you have those, you know, two within two weeks, basically the back the Kansas City games split up by the Green Bay game, and then you walk out of that with the bye week. And then to close the season, you have a, sp- a period of three away games with Houston, Los Angeles, and Detroit. And Houston, despite all their additions, they're not. They're still very much in the works on paper. So it's not a tough road series that they have uh, going against them there. So it's just a balanced schedule. And I love the placement of the bye week. Week nine, That's I think that's a great spot for it, week nine or ten. I know. It reminds me of the uh, Peyton Manning days, Eric, where the NFL, which more often than not, they'd straight just, you know, somewhere between week seven, uh, week nine, the Broncos would uh, often fall with their bye, taking care of the old quarterbacks that are putting butts in seats for the NFL, both literally and figuratively. Uh, but this does shape up quite nicely for the Broncos with, with the bye coming at week nine. And I think there's a plausible, Zach and I were talking about this last night, I think there's a plausible uh, chance for the probability even that for the Broncos to win three games in the first frame of this season. That Raiders game, I mean, the in case you missed it, there's an article up at milehighhuddle.com, guys. Go read this. It's very interesting stuff. The Broncos, did you know, have the best winning percentage in uh, home openers in the NFL all time. Now, last year was uh, 
kind of an exception to the usual rule for Denver, Eric, which is winning that season opener. This time around, too, but it was on the road. Broncos haven't opened at home since 2020, so we went two years opening on the road. This time we're opening at home, and it's against an opponent who, if you didn't know any better, you'd go, ooh, opening against an opponent that's won a division opponent that's won six straight over you, yikes. Maybe that's not a, a very fortuitous opponent to draw to open things up, but I'm saying – no, I think Sean Payton is licking his chops at the prospect of opening this season, not only at home, but against the Raiders, because a big part of what his mission is, his brief, his responsibility is he's got to figure out how to <clears throat> dispel all the bad juju that has been haunting uh, the Broncos over the past seven years. One piece to that uh, equation is obviously the uh, ignominious losing streak, not only to the Raiders, but also the Chiefs. Instead of waiting, you know, anticipating, this is happening right out of the gates. And if you can snap this streak, not only are you getting a win to open the season, which is great, gets you on good footing, Eric, but you immediately set the precedent that all these things, we're snapping the juju. You know, we're, we're pulling the pins out of the voodoo doll or whatever, right? We're, this is, that's over with, time to move on. Yeah, I mean, and with what Denver had to face last year, obviously, it wasn't great. But the quarterback change, I think, is a huge element here. Jimmy Garoppolo, like he's just not that great of a quarterback. And Denver last year, when they played him, they completely rattled him. And that was with a much better offensive line. And they were facing a much tougher defense than what the Raiders are. I was super happy to see the Raiders as the opener because there was all that talk about the Green Bay Packers because the you know the Aaron the um, Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett connection and all that stuff. Like that was a big talk for the last couple weeks. I'm glad that's not it, but it's a good game for the Broncos to start off with also because it's a good test for Wilson and Peyton and how they mesh together offensively. Like there's going to be hiccups, but the first four weeks, three of those games are games that are just ideal for them to just work out those kinks that they have. And I could see them starting off three and one after the first four. Yeah, I'm feeling that. I mean, look at this again, guys, Mike. Yes, Chiefs and Raiders are the games Broncos need to end the losing streak. No doubt about that, big dog. Um, I see a, I, I see a very probable because, and this is another great point uh, my partner Zach made last night, which is, you know, the Broncos of the past seven years. Unfortunately, one of the big, um, one of the big Achilles heels was. They didn't, even though they were close in every game, I mean, rarely have Broncos post-Super Bowl 50 been blown out. They're close in every game, including these Chiefs games. Uh, but the problem is they don't win the games they're supposed to win, all right? And that's because, overall, either they had a decent coach. I'm not trying to, you know, go above and beyond on Vic Fangio or Vance Joseph, but in the case of Vic Fangio, I think he was probably a good enough coach Uh or if you had a good enough coach, then you lacked the other component, which was a good enough quarterback. Well, last year was no different. You lacked a good enough coach, but you maybe had the right quarterback who just was bad coaching, right? It was torpedoing the team. This time, you get the best of both worlds. You, you get a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback going into his 12th season. Did I do that math right? Yeah, 12th season. And Sean Payton, who... I just can't see him allowing the Broncos. I mean, some of those games that, you know, there's always going to be an upset here and there. It's going to happen. But consistently, Eric, like last year, with the exception of maybe the Jaguars game across the pond, the Broncos just never took care of business in the games they were supposed to. And if you look at these four, first four games, Raiders, take, that's a game you're going to be expected to take care of business. Washington at home, that's a game. Odds makers are going to expect you to take care of business. On the road, you'll probably be a slight underdog. Uh, to the Dolphins, but that's a winnable game. And then on the road, it's probably going to be about a wash for the Bears, depending on how this team looks, the complexion of these games, the first three weeks going into week four. That's a victory to me, three and one. And then it starts getting a little stiffer, as you guys can see with the Jets and two matchups with the Chiefs, plus the Packers in the next uh, quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, and as you were saying with that, like, I, I, I'm – Russell Wilson, for me, like the jury's still out on him if he can turn it around. But everything after what happened last year and things that he's saying, it's the right things that you want to be hearing. He's holding himself accountable. I mean, it's well documented how much imp how much influence he had over the offense they ran last year, doing things that he wanted to do, 
And it's nice that Sean Payton is coming in and has the resume to say, yeah, we're not doing that. Like you get in your office, that's done. That was a big issue that I had with Hackett last year. He just didn't have that resume. So having that and having somebody that knows how to finish games, because that's an underrated part of coaching that often goes overlooked. Obviously, the players have to execute, but it really falls on the play callers, too, of just setting it up for those final few drives to where you can put yourself in a winning position. And last year, we didn't have that. I mean, they settled for, to try and go for a 68-yard 60 yard, 68 field goal to try to win the game with plenty of time left. We're not going to see those coaching mistakes from Peyton. So those games are very winnable. They're improving teams, especially the 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 uh, Bears, but there's still a lot of holes on all those teams early on in the season that make them winnable. Then you get, and then I want to jump back into the chat here, but when you come out of the second quarter of the season, you get your bye, which is beautiful, as we mentioned earlier, beautifully timed. And then you draw, arguably, outside of maybe the Chiefs, your stiffest test of the uh, 20- 23 campaign in the form of a road match at Buffalo, which man, I'm still a little bit traumatized from the last couple times Denver had to play in Buffalo. Uh, but then another uh, for, uh, playoff opponent or an opponent that made the playoffs this last season, the Broncos will have seven games against playoff appearing uh, opponents. Then you get the Browns. Then you get the, the Texans that wraps up your third quarter. Again, worst case, I see that as a two and two stretch. Then the final five games, it's unfortunate no longer can we say the final quarter because technically it's no longer five games is not a quarter. But nevertheless, I digress here. Two Chargers matches in that final five games, Lions on the road, but still uh, Patriots at home. And then you close with the team that you open with the Raiders. So I don't know. I, I think eight and a half is still a pretty good over under for this team just because you're taking into respect the fact that you're you're recognizing the Sean Payton influence here, so that bumps you up. But remember, this was a five-win team last year. So eight and a half, I think, Eric, is good because not only does it recognize the Sean Payton influence, which raises the win floor a little bit, but it also rec- it doesn't go too crazy on that front. It's recognizing that, hey, this isn't the first year y'all have had some really high expectations based on off-season moves that were supposed to change the game. So eight and a half is solid, and I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I probably I think probably think that Denver walks away with nine, maybe ten wins this season because a lot of teams, I mean, they face all those team playoff teams from last year, but a couple of them were rather overachieving teams. So I I, I think nine or ten is where it is. So I th- I like the eight and a half. And as you were saying with the Sean Payton effect, it also balances out because it's easy to look at you know the coaching last year and just put up so much blame on it, but it also takes into effect Wilson's impact on it expectations are you know growing again for Wilson and no one is expecting him to be anywhere near as bad as he was last year but a moderate improvement from him to being back just in a top 16 quarterback not even top 10 can be enough to take this team and get make them push for the playoffs so I, I like that eight and a half point or that eight and a half over under for the season all right let's uh jump back into the chat here and by the way guys um, I wasn't planning on joining Eric tonight until we learned literally right as we're shows supposed to go live that Lance was having uh, some internet problems and I would hang and talk football with Eric and you guys uh, till the cows come home. But I have a uh, thing with one of my kids that I got to do tonight. So I'm going to be around for about another 10, maybe 15 minutes tops. So anything burning on your minds, get it in the chat. And we will get to it before I have to dip out and uh, Eric as well. Let's uh, grab this super chat. And then I want to grab um, a comment that shifts gears a little bit from Chase Wellner. Uh, but first, this super chat from Taylor. It's great to see you, big dog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. He says, hey, guys, great that we get to end the Raiders streak in week one. Could not have asked for a better opener predicting at least 10 wins this year. That's good. I love it. Tis the season for optimism, and uh, I I think this time around you really have – it's well-founded optimism, Eric. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and one thing, too, that about the schedule, not only starting against the season against the Raiders, ending the season against the Raiders, too, is something that has me extremely hyped. I mean, I been a long time since that happened i can't remember but i love even if it wasn't the raiders starting and ending a season with divisional opponents because of all the potential impact it can have on the playoff seating i absolutely love it i've I missed those days a little bit and i just love that this year it has it's the raiders for both of it no doubt taylor again great to see you big dog uh much love and respect um yeah what's up keith keith Alyssa, what's up keith What's going on, MHA? Shout out from Kansas. Hashtag Buckham. I'm pumped for this season. Great to see you. Um, all right, so we're going to grab one from uh, all, Greg Smith. I'll answer this for you real quick. He wants to know how I came up with the band name, the name for my band, Bridge the Gap. And uh, it was, you know, naming bands. As someone who's been playing in bands uh, since I was 14 years old in one form or another, some not serious, some quite serious. Uh, that's kind of, it's hard naming a band. It's, it's, you know, if you name your kids, sometimes it could be hard naming children. Eric, it could be hard to come up with a cool name for your dog. You know, when we started this site, coming up with a name for mile high huddle, you know, that wasn't too derivative or too similar to other things. You can't always win. And sometimes something gets thrown out and it just feels right. Sounds right. Tastes good. It just feels like it's the thing. And somewhere along the way, I don't remember what it was, but I, the phrase "bridge the gap." What I like about it is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's really a message of optimism, which is big for me. Bridging the gap is overcoming the obstacle, and that's that's really what it's all about. So, all right, let me grab this Eric from Chase, who is uh, wanting to switch gears a little bit, which is great. That's cool. He wants to know: Are you guys intrigued by Dalvin Cook at all, the running back? I saw he's about to be a June 1st cut. Eric, what are your thoughts? Well, it was funny. As I was waiting on Lance and figuring out the technical issues, I saw a chat they are talking about, and they are talking about his age and how he's too old. He's only a month older than Samaj Pirine. He's only two months, or he's a month younger than Cortland Sutton. Obviously, different position. but And Cook does interest me if he is cut. For the right cost. And that is a huge thing. 27-year-old for a running back, almost 28. That's a bit on the older side. But he has posted at least 1,100 yards in each of the last four seasons. And it has only played a full season once. And that was last year. He's also added about two to 500 uh, receiving yards. He interests me because I think that even if he doesn't play a full season, if you can at least get half a season out of him for the right cost, then you find your, you can set yourself up with a good duo with um, P. Ryan and Cook, and then you're getting potentially Williams back. I think he's going to miss about half the season. Then you get Williams back and P. Ryan. And even if you have Cook still, that is a really good trio that you then have that you can work, um, use, which the Broncos have been pretty obvious. They want to be a run-heavy offense. So having that that stable of running backs can really help carry the offense a long way. What do you think he's going to cost? Because as a cut, you know, he'll be able to negotiate how much you're willing to spend to uh, hedge a little bit further uh, against Javante Williams, you know, maybe not returning to form in the perfectly convenient time frame. Um, <laughs> I think that he's going to get a lot, get a decent amount more than I'd be comfortable with, but it's not my money, of course. So maybe the Broncos can, and obviously there's that connection with George Payton. I would look at something like a one or two year deal with a four um, four million average, with an additional to get an up to six million per year with incentives based off of the amount of yards, games played, and you know if he's able to make the Pro Bowl, all that stuff like that. But it seems like he's probably at a point where he's going to kind of ring chase a little bit and sign with a team that has probably higher content um, chance to contend this year than the Broncos do. Uh, agreed. But it is something to monitor, as Eric mentioned, not just because running back is still uh, – are you noticing that glitch on my screen? Did you see that? Mm -hmm. All right. I'll have to look into that. Um, 
not only is uh, running back still, you know, on the need list, not maybe an emergency, but it's there. But you got the George Payton uh, connection who spent all those years in Minnesota and was part of the regime that drafted him. Uh, switching gears here back to uh, String Guy. Appreciate you joining the show tonight, String Guy. Do you think the Denver defense has a chance to stop or limit the Chiefs offense, Eric? So, we're talking about a defense for what it's worth schematically that Sean Payton has said is going to look like the Azuro Evero defense, which looked like the Vic Fangio defense as far as the base scheme philosophies, whatever. But now you've got Vance Joseph back in the saddle in Denver calling the defense this time, who is, uh, I guess, one of the biggest separators between Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio is that Vance is a lot more willing to pressure. He's a much more like, I, I don't mind throwing some numbers to affect the quarterback. Whereas Vicks, that's like his last resort type thing. But uh, I only say all this to kind of set the stage. How much has changed relative to the Broncos defense going up against the chiefs? Your answer. Well, I mean, last year, Evero, he was even a little bit more aggressive getting after the quarterback. He was one of the more aggressive defensive coordinators and it didn't, Always, it, I mean, they had their hits, obviously, against the Chiefs, but there was a lot of misses with it. And I think you have to find that balance with getting being over-aggressive, and that's my biggest concern with Vance Joseph and has always been my biggest concern with Vance Joseph. He just can't find that balance between being aggressive enough and not going over-aggressive or not, you know, not aggressive, aggressive enough. And they have the secondary to do it, but it's just a matter of you got to win up front and you got to win with fewer players because of how good Patrick Mahomes is against the blitz. You he'll he'll find that opening in the secondary and he'll hit it after, you know, escaping five guys behind the line just because he's so ridiculously talented. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It's like trying to battle a hurricane, you know, it's a force of nature. Uh, at times you, that's how it feels going up against Patrick Mahomes. And now it's like, okay, I know how chiefs fans, Raiders fans, chargers fans, Seahawks fans felt for 16 years when John Elway was in Denver. And, you know, even though it's different eras back then, the run people, you know, NFL teams did not pass anywhere close to the, to the rate that they do now. And it just looked different still. That's the level of impact John Elway had. And he, Lord only knows what kind of, uh, what kind of hardware he would actually have. He, you know, retires on top back-to-back world champ goes to five super bowls. But if he would have had better coaching stability throughout his career, like if, if Mike Shanahan was the choice when it should have been anyone who's read, uh, read up on their Broncos history and knows things. I think it's talked about in the John Elway book, um, a relentless life by, uh, Jason, what's his Jason Cole? We did that for Broncos Book Club last year. But if they would have the Broncos made the, the decision, I'm I'm rambling a little bit here, but stay with me. It's for a reason. They would have made the decision earlier when he felt the actual pull to do this and replaced Dan Reeves immediately with Mike Shanahan instead of waiting like he did, uh, trying out Wade Phillips and all that, just because he didn't want Dan Reeves to believe he had been fired for Mike Shanahan because that was Dan Reeves' big, like, paranoid fear. Lord only knows how much hardware John Elway would have. So I just wanted to finish that thought because Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid, and he'll have Andy Reid until Andy Reid says, I'm done coaching, and golly, man. It's just, that's a tandem that's hard to beat. It is, and that's all. that always leads to one of my favorite discussions that I like to have is how much of it's the quarterback, how much is is it the coach. And here, I mean, we saw it with the Patriots for so long. It's both. I mean, you have such a, a, a bright guy in Andy Reid setting up the offense and changing things consistently, trying to stay ahead of the curve, because even now they're changing up kind of what they're doing on offense so teams can't catch up to defend what they were doing. And you do that, and then you have somebody like Mahomes that can just take it, take everything you plan and you scheme to a whole nother level. It's just it's, it's frustrating as a Broncos fan, but as a football fan, it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I mean, you can appreciate it. I still have a hard time. You know, it's weird when 
we started when I started doing this uh, for a living. You know, my whole week would be set decided by how the Broncos fared on a given game day. Okay, if they lost, man, it would ruin my day. I would have butterflies leading up to games. Like I was that invested as a fan, and I still am. It's just in different ways. But covering it and doing everything we do on the daily, it kind of removes you a little bit from some of the emotional stuff. Um, so I'm I'm not riding so much emotionally. Like it doesn't ruin my week anymore if the Broncos lose on a Sunday or whatever. Otherwise, man, these last seven years, I'd been I'd be in just as bad a shape as a lot of you guys too. Um, but what I'm getting at here is you know, some of that passion still remains. Some of that emotional stuff that's not perfectly rational or maybe perfectly objective remains. And one of those effects of that, one of the effects of that, Eric, for me is I have a hard time truly appreciating how great Patrick Mahomes is just because of envy and bitter resentment of a division rival having a quarterback that is that damn good. Is it petty? Yes, I understand that it is, but I I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, but I know he's great. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. Great. He might end up finishing his career as the greatest quarterback of all time, but I can't stand him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a, like that's how I used to be when I first started doing this. It was very hard to separate, you know, my fandom of it and just and not have my week ruined by it. But diving more into the draft stuff and just focusing on the player and having watched Patrick Mahomes in college as a prospect. I think that has been a big thing for me to be able to step back and do it. It's still frustrating when Denver loses, especially when three, four hours later I'm in rewatching the game and starting everything for my grades. And it's just like, then you have hindsight of knowing how things were, how things ended up. And it's like, why did you do this and not this? And it just brings that frustration back. But I've come to find myself to, you know, just after the night, after the night is done, I can set it aside and just go on kind of. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Mike, thank you for your patience. Uh, he's saying, gents, uh, aloha from Hawaii. Me and the fam bam will be in Colorado for the Jets game. Are you guys making it out to any games? We would love to meet up. Uh, we will be doing the MHH meet and greet. We'll announce the specific date uh sunday night on the mhh podcast so stay tuned for that but hey whether it's the jets game or not mike enjoy that that'll be uh whether we're there or not that'll be a really fun game because of all the storylines with uh you know the revenge for nathaniel hackett trying to exact his revenge on the broncos for canning him and all that stuff so that'll be cool um very generous super chat from brent brother so rad this is a cat that has come out of nowhere to be in the top five right now, currently on Super Chat at MHH in the month of May. And we're almost halfway through May. So this dude is throwing down. He's become a force to be reckoned with. Love it. Thank you for your generosity, Brent. He's saying, good evening. What are your thoughts about bringing in? Uh, I, I'm always going to butcher this name. Do you Have you a good pronunciation for this cat? No. <laughs> Hagai Chisum Ndubuisi. Ndubuisi, I think the N is silent, right? So it's Dubuisi. Um, now this is the guy in case you guys missed it. That's part of that program. It escapes me off the top of my head what it's called, but Broncos were assigned this cat. Uh, he's from Africa and all this stuff. He spent some time was with the Cardinals last year, uh, as an offensive lineman. And now he's a defensive lineman, uh, getting a chance, getting a look, see with the Broncos. So Eric, what are your thoughts? I don't know how much you know about this cat. Cause I know very, very little. I'll be frank. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about him. All I know is that when the Broncos were talking to him and having their little Zoom meeting, they made it very clear that everybody in the building wanted him from the front office to the scouts to the coaching staff. Everybody wanted him. And that's a like that's a good sign. If everybody's in agreement that we want to bring in a guy, then they see something with him that they feel is worth developing. Now, whether they can develop him and make him into a player, that remains to be seen. But I'm I'm excited for it. And I, I Interested interested to see where his career goes. Brent, thank you, big dog. Phil, thank you for the stars, my brother. He wants to know, what do you guys think about Incombe, the undrafted uh, rush linebacker? Was it Central Michigan? Yep. Central Michigan. So, Eric, you have some thoughts in the article if you want to uh, pass some of that on here for Phil. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. He's a guy that I would have been fine drafting somewhere early, mid, uh, day three. I like his ability against the run. I think he can help raise the floor, which run defense is my biggest gripe um, when it comes to on-the-field stuff with the edge room. He's not a super creative pass rusher, but he he's able to get the job done. Um, I think he's kind of a similar mold to Jonathan Cooper, but I think he's got a higher ceiling than Jonathan Cooper does. I can't wait to see him um, competing. It's going to be a gas. Thanks, Phil. Love you, big dog. Uh, the Bugmeister in the house. What's going on? He says, ah, I caught you guys live finally. Still watch you every day. Thank you, bro. Uh, all of you helped me get through the day. Much appreciated. MHH for life. We love hearing that. Um, you guys help us get through the day. Believe that. All right. We set our watches to showing up for you guys at the appointed time. And every once in a while, we run late like tonight uh, with Dove Valley Deep Divers getting started, but it was only because in this case, you know, we had a little bit of a technical hiccup on Lance's end. We had to scramble and I had to move some things around so I could be here with Eric. You know, MHH, Pod, we're rarely starting right at six, but you know we love you. And you guys know that we're probably going to start about 10 or 15 minutes after the top of the hour. That's just it. So instead of starting at six, we start at 6.15 or whatever. But we set our lives to it. We we set our watches and our lives to it to be here to talk with you guys. And you always do so awesome at making us feel the love. We're very blessed. We're very grateful. Thank you, Bookmeister. I mean, just the amount of support you guys give. And every every week, every show, just constantly, it means a lot, especially to for me. I'm able to do this at home like full time because of your guys' support and it's just so appreciated on for me and everything. I can't express that enough. Guys, we're about out of time. We only got a couple of more minutes. So anything that is burning on your mind, get it in the chat. ASAP we'll do our best to grab it. Um Jasmine's sharing a brain with me. Patrick Mahomes. Buckham. That's with a B YouTube. That's with a B. Love that. Um and Mike, this is sweetie, you big dog. Thank you. He says Broncos country. Lucky to have these mile high huddle podcasts talking Broncos. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, okay. Let me see here. Grab one more. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you want to answer this. It's up to you. Um, what you want to say, Phil's curious where you're going on vacay. Yeah. Um, going down to see some family that lives in Utah. Then we're driving over to Colorado we're going to stop in Grand Junction there and see some family that I have there. And then we're go going to end our vacation in Boulder for a good friend of the podcast's wedding. So super excited for that. And uh, unfortunately, that means I won't be here next week. About this time, I will probably be enjoying some drinks after a rehearsal dinner. Yeah, another MHH OG. Shout out to uh, Luke Polglaze. Man crazy how time flies man when i crossed paths with luke for the first time which uh predated my crossing paths with you in fact eric he was he was known as broncos fan for life B luke bffl uh that was his uh his kind of little handle i'm trying to remember i know he graduated college basically the same age you graduate high school that's how like hyper productive and super smart this cat is and uh, he was one of the founding members of MHH staff as well. And uh, he stuck with us. You know, he's very smart. He has a million options of things he could do in this life. Um, and uh, so he was with us for a while. Then he left. I'm trying to remember what. I think it was to pursue the coaching thing. Um, and then he, I, I talked him into coming back to doing podcast with me. And then when uh, MHH, well, when 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports purchased the company that uh, MHH was with back in 2017. Um, we then moved over to the 24-7 Sports. That's where I crossed paths with Zach Kelberman. And about that time, Luke was kind of getting burnt on the podcast thing. We'd had some bad experiences with a certain network I will not mention. Kind of burnt him out. And so I cut him loose. And that was the last official staff involvement Luke had with MHH. But I'm so stoked to see that you guys bring him on the show as often as you can. And he's coaching football, college football. So he's stuck to that, man. And he could be doing anything. This dude could literally, Luke Polglaze, could be uh, 
a freaking rocket scientist. He could be a brain surgeon if that's what he had chosen to do. Yeah, I mean, it's been he, he's one of the best people I know. And it's always fun to have him on because he provides a certain insight into the th- conversations that we have that we can't normally um that we can't get into because he brings that coaching experience and he's done it, done just about everything coaching to at multiple stops along the way um, was coaching special teams last year. I think he still is now he's coaching on the offensive side of the ball. He's coached receivers. He's coached running backs, coach linebacker. He's done just about everything. So he just brings us uh, nice insight. And I always joke with him that uh, once he makes it to the NFL, then I'm glad to have another source in the NFL. So Awesome. Um, well, you be sure to give, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll send him a, a message, but be sure to, to give him my best Jasmine last super chat for tonight. Cause we got to dip on out of here. Thank you so much for number two tonight. This isn't her first super chat this evening. So again, ladies always seem to be leading the way in the MHH community and we love it. Appreciate you. She's saying great show. Thank you. Uh, she says, I'm calling it. We will break the losing streak against the Chiefs this season. This is a good topic with which to kind of punctuate our conversation tonight. Eric, how are you feeling about this topic? The odds of Denver finally snapping the ignominious of all ignominious losing streaks, 13 games to the Chiefs this year. Uh, I've I've done a lot of defending Vance Joseph. Um, his time as a defense coordinator has been better than a lot of people realize, but his aggressiveness against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed with the way they use their screen game and the running backs as receivers, like it scares me. Um, I hope they do it. I just don't have a lot of faith. They'll do it. I feel good, but it's one of those things where, you know, um, trauma (laughs) of recent years. It's like, I don't know. I'm going to feel a lot better about the Broncos snapping the streak against the Chiefs if they simply snap the streak against the Raiders to open the season. I think they will. I fair. I feel like a 60%. I think it's like a 60-40 shot right now for the Broncos snapping the streak. And if they do, it'll be at home. Uh, probably not at Arrowhead. But Sean Payton, guys, you know, he's um, – I thought this was interesting, Eric – uh, Dick Vermeil, Hall of Fame head coach, right? Led two different teams to a Super Bowl, the Eagles back in the 80s, and then, of course, greatest show on turf, Rams, won the Super Bowl, Kurt Warner. Uh, he told Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette earlier this week that uh, he believes that Sean Payton was the perfect choice for the Broncos to redeem Russell Wilson, turn the ship around, all that, and that if Sean Payton can't, quote-unquote, fix Russ, then it, quote, can't be done and uh i just what we know about russell wilson i just don't think that he's a, a guy that's going to fade off and I, I don't think he's done i don't think he's over with i think it's just it was a bad confluence of events from environment to coaching influence to just the newness of the situation and everything and now you've got an adult back in the room you've got sean payton and uh another guy that vermil another thing he said about him is he and andy reed two top the two preeminent offensive minds of the modern era of the NFL. That's who's now coaching uh, Russell Wilson. That's now who's in charge of turning not only his ship around, but that of the Broncos. I like his odds. Yeah. I mean, it with turning Russell Wilson around. That's his, that's one of his goals that he's got to do this year. And if we get the same Russell Wilson as last year, then I don't think Russell Wilson's here this time next year. I think post June 1st designation. So a lot's writing on Russell Wilson. Hopefully he can turn it around as much as I've been as hard as I've been on him. It's still better for the Broncos if he is able to turn it around due to the investment they have in him. No doubt. I'm just seeing here that uh, uh, Pete, you're jumping in at the 11th hour. If you can answer this for Pete, who's a great dedicated member of our community uh, in kind of a pithy fashion, he wants to know any surprises with the uh, undrafted free agents, the Broncos signed, and then we, we got to sign off. No, I think um, everybody that's been reported to sign, signed except for one guy. And this is one reason why I always wait for the announcement from the team. It was a guy who had his contract details reported, uh, safety out of Indiana. Devin Matthews, I think is his name, said to assign and come to find out he ended up leaving the team. 
didn't actually sign. I think that's the only real surprise with it. So instead of 16, they only brought in 15. Pete, great to see you tonight, my friend. And it's been great to see and talk with each and every one of you uh, in the room this evening. And a lot of fun, of course, as always, Eric, chopping it up with you, my friend. Uh, make sure, guys, that you are following Dove Valley Deep Divers on Twitter at DVD underscore pod. Am I remembering that right? Yes. There's the underscore, right? I got to confirm this. Now Now it's going to bug me. I can't I can't be telling people to go to an incorrect Twitter handle. So hold on. DVDD. So at, yeah, at DVDD underscore pod. Okay. Connect with us on, uh, on Twitter, the main account at mile high huddle. All right. Go to mhhmerch.com and get your swag on, get a state of being hoodie like this one. Uh, we got the Buckham t-shirt still going like hotcakes. There's Dove Valley deep divers merch. Go get yourself a little something. It's another great way to help us keep the lights on here at MHH. And then also don't forget, We've been putting our efforts back into our Instagram account. We've been trying to give you guys good content, fun memes, cool conversation stuff, videos, clips uh, on Instagram. So make sure you are following us there at mile underscore high underscore huddle. Uh, very pedantic having to actually say that with all the underscores. And then don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to enter into our monthly giveaways each and every month we take a rand if you left a five star hey we're gonna uh your name goes into a hat we'll randomly select send you a little care package as a thank you another great way to help us organically and if nothing else like the video guys especially on youtube or facebook you have no idea how much that helps us help us boost this into the view and uh, reach of other broncos fans just like you that are wandering the desert completely unaware of this community waiting to embrace them and if you really love it if you really love us respect the effort Share it out there, as you can see on the ticker. And other than that, Eric, dude, have a great uh, vacation. Maybe somewhere along that path you're taking, you and I are going to cross and we'll get to see each other. But uh, either way, man, you deserve some uh, time away. I'm sure it's going to be a gas. Uh, and enjoy your vacation, bro. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I definitely hope to. It's first time taking my wife to where I consider home, taking the little one with me, bringing my mom so we can see our family. Um, or see some of her family, maybe my other brother. So I, I'm hoping for a uh, a nice vacation, nice relaxing thing. A lot of traveling though with the almost six year old, it can be a little bit of a, a concern. But uh, I'm excited for it, and I'll be back in two weeks. Mike, thank you for the stars. Great way to help us end tonight's podcast. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. And by the way, uh, we'll be talking to the to everybody, of course, on Sunday night for the MHH pod. But uh, great Mother's Day weekend and happy Mother's Day preemptively to all the great moms in our community and in Broncos country. For Eric Trickle, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.